listening to Show Me Your Mic, a show that interviews other podcasters about their workflows, gear, and thoughts on podcasting. Your host is Chris Enns, and for this episode, he's joined by Paul Boag of the Boag World Show. All right, yes, welcome to episode 12 of Show Me Your Mic, and uh, for this episode, a very special episode 12, we're joined by, I'm joined by, uh, Paul Boag from Boag World. Hello, Paul, are you there? I am here. It's good to speak to you. How are you? I am doing well this fine morning. Crisp spring. It's supposed to be spring here, but it's actually still winter. And uh, you're nearing the end of your day, or what's yes. your? Maybe your work hours are different that you do, but uh, no, uh, no, I'm a, I'm I'm pretty much a nine to five ish. I tend to to get up a little later and then do a little bit more in the evening, but I'm roughly the same because yeah. I work with other people, so you kind of have to be there. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, what's your, uh, not that we're, we're not going to necessarily talk about your web, your, your day job, so to speak, is your web design mm-hmm. digital firm uh, and called Headscape and, and based in the UK, in case folks can't tell you have an accent and that's different than mine, you're over in the UK there. Yeah, and, I've got a proper accent. Yeah, exactly. I, I speak the Queen's English and all that. <laughs> Which uh, I was going to say, I think gives, I mean, maybe for North American listeners anyways, it gives you kind of leg up because I think people just kind of like tune in, perk up a little bit more when they hear mm-hmm. someone with an accent, whereas my bland Canadian accent, anyways, it's just kind of like, oh, we've heard that before. So, so that's, yes. that's key to your popularity is what I'm getting at, I guess, is the Yeah, accents. it does It does work very well. When I speak over in the States, everybody thinks I'm very intelligent, which, <laughs> which is ironic because I've got the kind of equivalent of a, a kind of hillbilly rural accent. So over in the UK, I sound thick, but, <laughs> but everywhere else I sound intelligent, so that's right. fine. <laughs> That's awesome. So the podcast, the the main reason why that, uh, besides me just wanting a chance to pick your brain a bit, because sure. my day job is doing web design as well, but uh, we're not oh, going right. to ne- necessarily talk about that. But uh, um, I came across your podcast, oh, what was it, three or four years ago, uh, maybe, when uh, I was just getting into this whole podcasting thing. And my, like I said, my day job was doing web design, needing to learn about how to do my day job better. And uh, um came across your podcast and, and, uh, again, like I said, smart, smart British accents and, uh, talking web stuff. I thought this has got to be the premier one to listen to. And it turns out it is, and was still is. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> so just, uh, for folks who maybe aren't aware, I guess, of the origins of the, your podcast and sort of where it started, can you just sort of walk, walk me through that a bit? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. So, um, I kicked off Ooh, 2005, I think it was when we began. Um, and I originally decided that I was going to do a blog, um, which I started. And in fact, I still run a, a, a blog today. Um, I, but I discovered that that I can't write uh, or at least I find it much harder work to write than than speak. And if you've ever read anything I've written, you'll know that that I write in very similar way to I, uh, to the way I speak because that's about all I can do really. Um, but I am a natural presenter and a natural speaker. So essentially, what happened was that um, I got an i uh, an iPod as it was back then um, for Christmas. Um, and it was uh, my first iPod happened to be the the first year that um, iTunes started supporting podcasts. So being a web designer, the first thing I went uh, um, to do is I went to the podcast section on iTunes and I did a search for web design. And I was horrified to find that there was nothing, um, not a single podcast about web design. I could subscribe to a podcast about knitting. Um, but ironically, nothing about web design. And in fact, at the time, very le- little about technology even, other than things like This Week in Tech. Um, so I then decided that because I found blogging hard work and because there was nothing on web design, I would start a web design podcast, which I did, um, to begin with just by myself um, and then discovered that actually it's really very difficult to do a podcast by yourself. You sound very boring and very monotone. <laughs> Um, and that actually works much better if you're chatting with someone else. Um, so I then went on to by about, I think it was by about episode six, I realized that I was rubbish by myself and managed to persuade my co-founder, a guy called Marcus Lillington to join me on the show. And, and it kind of went from there and we've bickered live on air ever since really. (laughs) 
yeah, it's kind of <laughs> it's almost a digital therapy or uh, yeah, absolutely audio therapy yeah. for for you and your listeners. And uh, it's a weird it's a weird thing because uh, everybody thinks we put it on for the show, but that is how we are all of the time. In fact, we have been known to kind of bicker and be childish and fight with one another, even when we're pitching for client work, which is not always. <laughs> Not always the best environment for things like that, but it's just how we have always interacted. I mean, we've been working together for ooh, 15 years, something like that. And and so we've become like this married couple. In fact, I've been no, a bit less than 15 years because I've been working with Marcus um, almost exactly the same length of time I've been married to my wife. <laughs> But but I probably spend more time with him than I do with my wife, yeah. which is disturbing, really. It's yeah, it is a little funny how that all, all that how that works out. But uh, yeah, it, it does make for a good show. It it makes for a relaxing, I, I gather, and it's for for you guys. It's a, a, a relaxed conversation because you kind of probably just turn on the mic and keep arguing about the thing you were talking about <laughs> yes, just twenty minutes earlier. Yeah, we have to stop ourselves before because obviously before a show, I always send through to him the subjects that we're going to be talking about uh, because he does no work whatsoever in, in, on the podcast. He just turns up really, which is pretty poor. Although I suppose he does edit it afterwards. But anyway, I digress. Um, so I sent him through what we're going to be talking about beforehand um, and we have to stop ourselves discussing it before we get on the air mm-hmm. because essentially we don't really distinguish from when the mic is on and off. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the same. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that is interesting. Part of the something you touched on there is the the on-air shtick that sometimes people think podcasters have, and, and some legitimately do have sort of a, okay, the mic's on, this is my voice now, and I talk differently yeah. and I'm more professional or whatever. Um, and uh, and I was sort of wondering, because in some of the episodes when I've listened, Marcus obviously often doesn't seem like he's totally prepared for the, <laughs> the show, but like he's... <laughs> Which uh, is fair. He's I, I, not. He's legitimately not. It's not just putting yeah. it on. Okay. No, absolutely. He is totally unprepared and unprofessional in every way. <laughs> uh, and that's not just on the podcast. That's generally speaking <laughs> right. as well. So, you know, if you ever hire Headscape, make sure you don't end up working with Marcus. <laughs> that sounds good. Words, word to the wise here. Yeah. Important things we're discovering here on the podcast. <laughs> Nothing to do with podcasting, of course, but no, no we'll get to that. So, um, so this, the I mean, there is there is a serious point there, which is that I think there is some you can over prepare these things depending mm-hmm. on the kind of style of your show. Sure, I can do the kind of turn it on. Now I'm doing a professional broadcast voice, and I'm you know, so you know I do presentations. I was recently over with the guys at um, Team Treehouse over in the states recording videos for them. Um, and those were much slicker and it was much more prepared and rehearsed. And I was like a proper TV presenter kind of thing. Um, and that works, you know, I think if you're going to be doing that kind of stuff, yes, you want to be really prepared, but I think podcasting is a slightly different medium to that, especially what we do that, that it's largely about, um, the fact that a lot of web designers are working in isolation, they're either working in house in an organization where there aren't many other web designers there or alternatively, they're freelancers where they're working by themselves. And so what we're trying to do as much as anything else is just create that kind of we're down the pub talking about web design feel to it. Um, and, you know, as a result, you you can over prepare. You can you can pre-decide too much what you're going to be talking about and go into it, you know, in too much detail. And it loses that sense of spontaneity. And we did go down that route at one point. Um, and we've kind of had to pull it back from that and kind of recapture some of that waffle, basically, that that unprepared, you know, pandering yeah. that makes the show feel like a conversation. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard it actually with... Uh this is maybe the other extreme, but uh, the band U2, I've heard that for their concerts, which, I mean, the podcast, I, I don't know about you, but the podcasts I do aren't nearly as produced as, as one of their concerts, but they have, they have a phrase they have called uh, rehearse spontaneity, where, you know, you, you practice, and not that we're, we've rehearsed our lines here by any means, but you're trying to just sort of give the air of completely relaxed when you actually have done some prep, because it, yeah. you know, and uh, which brings me to the point of um, something I wanted to ask you about with your podcast is that you've kind of, and maybe this is a UK thing because of the way that your TV programs often work in this in this method, but where you've kind of broken up your podcast into seasons or yes. series or whatever. And yeah. uh, it's an interesting idea because often um, podcasters and myself, I'm completely guilty of this. We just 
start recording. Uh, episode one goes this week, two, three, four, four, five, et cetera. I can't really count, <laughs> but uh, yeah. And you just kind of just go and, and definitely there's no plan to ever stop until you get burnt mm-hmm. out and then you're done and then it just stops. And whereas what you've done and, and not that I don't think you're the only people doing it, but it's the one that I'm aware of in, in the biggest form anyways, of sort of a series, a focus for this series is going to be this. And so like this, um, this last or season four, sorry, I got, see, this goes back to preparation. <laughs> season four was all about apps and tools, which I think was the, you're on, you just finished season five, right? Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah. And season three was dealing with client work and stuff and sort of a focus that way, which I know originally, like you said, it was kind of, you didn't, I don't know if you started out that way, but you kind of just were going for a while. So maybe talk about that idea of breaking it down into seasons and, and how long do you sort of do it for and, and those kinds of ideas. Yeah. I mean, we didn't do that to begin with. Um, and we did exactly what you described, which is we did a podcast every week until the point we burnt out and couldn't do it anymore. Um, you did like 200 and some episodes, yeah. right? Yeah. So we did about 250 like that. Um, and then you get to the point where you lose the will to live, you know, and, <laughs> and you don't care about what you're doing anymore. You're just churning them out because that's what you've always done. And we stopped um, and we said that we were going on hiatus and that we were going to be back. But we really had no idea of whether we really um, would or not return after that because we were just done in. Uh, You know, it was it was too much. Um, What we ended up doing then is is we did come back and we did introduce this idea of seasons. Now, I've got the idea of seasons from another podcast and I'm. Uh, currently rapidly scrolling through trying to find the name of that that podcast i think it was called answer me this or something like that and they um they split down into seasons um and i thought yes why didn't we do that that's such a good idea um because it gives you a break um and so we kind of introduced this idea so we'll basically we do between christmas and easter we have a break over easter then we do from easter to the summer we have a break over the summer then we do summer to uh, christmas um and then break over christmas um and it, it just works really well partly to give you a rest from it and to you know allow you to catch up with stuff if you're particularly busy that also uh, coincidentally um and quite usefully coincides with our busiest periods from a, a work point of view as well um so there was a lot of kind of benefits of doing it from that point of view um but also it gives you a time to recuperate and it gives you an excuse to shake up the format um between each season Instead of just doing the same thing again and again and again, you know, week in, week out, this allows you to kind of play with different formats. So what we started doing um, with each season is having a a slightly different format to it. So, you know, one season, for example, um, was about client centric web design. And the idea of that was, you know, working with clients and how you work with clients. And I did an ebook that was associated with it and it was a bit more formal and a bit more structured. Then we did another season, which was um, me redesigning my own website and talking through the process of doing that. Um, we've done a season on apps and tools, um, which you mentioned. We've done another season on on great articles. And as of recording this, then this week we begin a new season, which is just going to be open Q&A. Um, so we kind of experiment with different formats and try different things. Um in fact, I think people like a little bit of everything. Um, so when we used to do the old shows, it would have a new segment in the show. It would have a Q&A segment in the show, an interview segment in the show. Um, but this works much better from our point of view, you know, because we can just go, okay, so we're going to blitz Q&As or we're going to blitz, you know, um, cool tools or whatever else. Um, so it's easier to produce is the other aspect to it as well. Yeah, and doing uh, breaking it up, I think, from a just uh, the organizational standpoint of scheduling interviews, which is, a, yeah. as I know and you know, <laughs> is part of doing it's this. It's a pain in the arse, isn't it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you the zones. other thing that's a real pain in the arse is news. Um, if you if you're doing news, that's particularly difficult. We did that for a long time because what that means is that you have to be recording a show um, every week. Um, and you can kind of get a backlog of shows behind you, mm-hmm. um, which is, you know, it's really difficult because if you have a really bu- busy period of time or if you're ill, then you've got no show um, because you have to have recorded it that previous week. So we tend to avoid that now. 
um, interviews. The way I got around the interview problem is that that I would go to conferences and I would just grab speakers and do a big batch of interviews back to back at a conference. And that worked really well because then you'd have like, you know, eight, 10 weeks worth of interviews all just sitting there waiting to be churned out. So oh, yeah. that, that worked very well. Mm-hmm. What's, uh, we sort of, on the show, I sort of go, go back and forth from tech gear stuff to the organization and, you know, general philosophy of podcasting. So jumping into that, I guess when you're, um, we'll talk maybe a little bit about what you guys use at, um, at your studio or whatever the, your, your business there. I forgot you have a name for your, the barn, is it? The barn. Yeah. Yeah, We've got a convert, old converted barn. Yeah. I thought that's where, um, where it was, but, uh, when you're, you're out at a conference and, and things, are you sort of borrowing and sort of ask, begging on for gear and stuff from other folks or do you bring a little mini recording kit to, to do that um we've done it all kinds of ways um when i've sometimes i know the organizers and they've got mics and stuff there and so i just kind of you know beg and borrow their their kit um oftentimes conference organizers um are kind of quite happy to to let you use their kit because um, on the condition that you then let them have the podcasts and the, the interviews you've recorded as well, which we're happy to do. Um, so we've done that on a number of occasions. Um, other times I um, have taken along, I've got a snowball mic that in fact, which I'm using right now um, that I take along cause it's not very big and it's not particularly cumbersome. Mm-hmm. I did have a plug-in thing for the iPhone um, that was okay. Um, but actually, I found that the mic on the iPad is pretty good, you know, for for interviews. If you if you're in a quiet room and there's just the two of you, putting the iPad down on the table is is more than adequate to record a basic interview. I'm I'm not. You have to kind of reach a basic standard of audio quality, but really, I don't think that's what makes people listen. I mean, the the early days of Heads um, Boag World, the the podcast was horrendous quality and quite painful to listen to. <laughs> Um, but people did anyway because they found the content um, interesting and they found it entertaining and amusing. And so I think people will forgive a multitude of sins if it's if it's good content. Um, so I don't worry too much about Kit, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I find that uh, good audio can outweigh bad content or good content can outweigh bad audio. <laughs> it kind of mm-hmm. <laughs> goes both ways, but definitely the content is, is what's most important in a podcast. Cause yeah, if you're boring and dry and rambling, like I sometimes do, then people will just tune out and away they go to. Depends. Rambling's okay. If you're entertaining and you're rambling, mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, there's, there's rambling and then there's just boring rambling. You know? <laughs> and, and I think that's the balance you've got to, you've got to get. I mean, cause we, we go down rat holes the whole time and we, we end up waffling about all kinds of things, but hopefully we're vaguely entertaining when we do it. <laughs> well, I, I would guess so. Cause I mean, the, uh, the success of the podcast, I guess, speaks to that. Um, talk a bit about maybe the, like we said, you have your day job that, or your business that you run, which is web design, uh, yeah. along with some other folks and the decision to, um, was it always attached to like the, I guess what I'm getting at is sometimes people try to do a podcast that's kind of just separate. It's not, something in a promotional in not that it's, you're explicitly promoting headscape but um just that idea of attaching a podcast to your business as a, a bit of a marketing technique a bit of hey i'm an expert in this area hire me kind of idea and uh, the positives or negatives i guess that you've experienced over the years with with doing that yeah i mean uh, we make no bones about it we're very blatant that that you know we do the boagwell podcast as a marketing tool for our web design services that's why we don't have any advertising on the show we don't have sponsors we don't have anything like that it is a marketing tool for headscape um and it is about promoting um our expertise and our knowledge um and also attracting clients that are of a like mind you know, because I'm sure that we put off a lot of people with our show, you know, because of our humor and the way we joke and mess around and stuff. But I'm kind of fine with that. You know, I'm quite happy to, you know, put people off um, if I'm equally attracting another group of people that that do think like we do and do fit with us. So, yeah, I mean, it's very, very much marketing tool always has been even in the early days. That's, um, you know, I viewed it as a way of building personal brand and headscape um headscapes marketing is off of the back of my personal brand and the reputation i've built interviews are a great way of doing that 
um, interviews, you know, people um, are normally quite willing to do interviews and that's a great way of meeting new people. It's a great way of um, introducing yourself to the movers and shakers within your particular industry. But also, um, you know, it's a great way of, of becoming an expert via association is the way I call it, you know, refer to it. That, you know, if I'm seen interviewing, I don't know, Jeffrey Zeldman, for example, it's like, oh, well, Paul knows Jeffrey, you know, and Jeffrey's, you know, a, a really well-known figure within the web design community. Therefore, Paul must know his stuff too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so... So absolutely, it is a marketing tool, and you know I'm I'm very open about that. You know we don't hide that fact, and you know, but we but equally it's not kind of overtly salesy if that makes sense. We we don't directly pimp Headscape. We don't say hire us, you know, and we don't have a, a this is the advertising segment of the show. We don't have Headscape is brought to you. Sorry, Boag World <laughs> is brought to you by the web design agency Headscape. We don't do anything like that. But we're talking about our work, we're talking about the kind of stuff we do, and hopefully we're demonstrating our expertise along the way. Yeah, that's. I think that's the, for me personally, anyways, that's the best kind of like subtle marketing almost where it's just, this is who we are, either you like us or you hate us. And, <laughs> and yeah, take us, us or leave us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And often that's where I think people are, uh, that's kind of what I was getting at, is often people are too afraid to share an opinion about you know in your case it's in my case it's web design but it could be a plumber or a a guy who builds houses for a living and scared to say that whatever this kind of thing you shouldn't do or you should and that at the risk of scaring off a client but I I like what you said that you know if you're scaring off one kind of client you're probably attracting another kind of client and in the end those are the kind of clients you want to work with are the people who agree and sort of have similar views anyways with you on on uh, the kind of thing your work you're trying to produce so uh, absolutely I mean, I was interesting. I was doing um, a workshop in Germany last week on guerrilla marketing and sharing a lot of the kind of techniques that, that I've used over the years to promote, you know, uh, my company. And that is precisely one of the things that that comes up as, as the biggest fear is people are worried about alienating people. They're worried about essentially pissing off, a, a, you know, a potential client. Um, but you know, here's the shocking fact about the internet. There's a lot of people on it, you know. <laughs> There's no shortage of potential customers out there. Um, and, I, you know, I think you're far better off attracting people that have the same worldview as you, the same attitude towards projects as you, because ultimately things will go much smoother. You know, if I attract somebody that is humorless um, and very corporate and very um, uh, traditional and, um, stayed in their ways. If I end up working for somebody like that, it will be a nightmare project. We will clash. They won't get on with me and I won't get on with them and the project will be painful. So I don't want to be doing those kinds of projects anyway. And I'm not suitable for people that want that. Um, so, you know, I think by being yourself and being very open about who you are and how you work, um, I actually think you do yourself a favor in the long term. Yes, you will alienate some people, but you'll attract others. And those you will attract are people that will be compatible with you. Yeah, and I think, um, would you agree with the statement, I guess, that this applies, uh, like you and I know the web web design industry, but beyond that to, like I said, a, oh, a house builder, a yeah. plumber, or whatever. Um, I, I, I don't think it really matters, you know, who it is. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, you want to, because it, it, the interesting thing about business, and I think the thing that people often forget is that they think business, you know, when, when you hire someone, whoever you hire, whether you hire an electrician or a web designer or a plumber, um, you're hiring someone that has, you know, you think it's all about the skills. You know, I'm looking for somebody that has the skills that I need to do the job that I need them to do. But actually, it isn't. It's a lot more than that. A lot of it is about personality. Uh, you know, is this someone you can get on with? Is this someone that you can trust to do the job you need them to do? And that's a personality thing. So absolutely, you know, uh, showing your personality and, and stating who you are and what you stand for works, I think, in pretty much any situation. Mm-hmm. And that's where I've often, I don't know about you, you guys with, with the clients you work with in, with web uh, projects, but I know I have often sort of pitched people on, hey, why don't you try something like, <clears throat> excuse me, whether it's a podcast or a video or, or something, and often people are scared because they don't want to, I mean, there's that, you know, you and I, we're, we're comfortable now, obviously, talking to a mic and having a random strangers <laughs> listen, we've gotten over that a long time ago, um, but but yeah, the, the average business owner maybe doesn't do that, but yeah, the that idea of like, hey, you can 
tell people about yourself in your words, with your voice and your thing, and they want to hear about it. And, and likely they'll, if you're, you're as passionate about it in front of them on the mic or on the camera or whatever, they'll be, they'll want to hire you to do that thing. Cause they'll see that you love it. And it doesn't even matter. Like you said, the work that you do. So, um, that's my little rant, I guess, for my, my day job. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and I would totally agree with that. I mean, not everybody is mm-hmm. is a podcaster or a, or a video presenter. Some people, are, you know, are much better at writing or whatever else. But I think if you are someone that can that can speak publicly and can speak confidently and entertainingly, then absolutely go for your life. You know, I think a, a podcast is a wonderful method of communication that, in a lot of ways, is much more powerful than the written word because you get to feel like you know people. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I get people really feel that they know me, even though I've never met them, because they're listening to me every week. They're hearing me. I'm in their heads, you know, um, and, and that's quite an unusual situation. I think, you know, you don't get that same feeling if you read a blog post from someone. You, it doesn't have that same level of personality. And that's you hearing somebody's voice, hearing them get overexcited about a subject, hearing them get passionate, you know, that 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 is so much more powerful than the written word. And I think if you are suited to that kind of medium, then you should go for it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's like what we were saying before we started recording is I've listened to so many of your podcasts that I'll probably just sit here and, and listen to you and not realize that I have to actually be the one to ask you a question. Cause I'm so used to just yeah. hearing your voice in my ear and, and obviously like you and I have never met, but, and this is the first time we've ever talked, but it feels like I've talked to you a lot cause I've had arguments with you back and <laughs> listening to your podcast like no marcus is right you should be or whatever but uh yeah <laughs> um i mean the best one occasionally i get emails from people that um you know email me with a question or whatever and just occasionally you know i spot that they've got a phone number on the bottom of it and i pick up the phone and give them a call because i get fed up with emailing and sometimes it's easier and i throw them something chronic because they recognize my voice but they don't know where they've heard it from yeah <laughs> um, you know, and it just doesn't register for a minute. And, you know, and I, I, th- I think that there is a really personal connection with podcasting that there isn't with, with some other forms of, of communication. Yeah. And especially I think I'm, and like I said, you and I know the web industry, so that's what I'll speak to, but I'm sure it's the same, similar in other industries that that idea, like the, the nerd sitting at his computer or her computer with headphones on. So like, it's not just in the room that the voice is, it's like literally right in your ear uh, and yeah. speaking right to you and you can hear their breath or whatever. And hopefully it's not too creepy, yeah. but you can <laughs> get that idea. Um, so just flipping that question, a couple of questions back, it was the other way around. Have you done promotion of the podcast itself or is it kind of just grown organically and you haven't really had to do anything to Besides, you know, the usual, you know, like talk about it on Twitter and your, your, your blog and stuff, but anything beyond that that people might try or you would suggest for folks who are looking to sort of get a leg up in the, in the podcasting world? Yeah, I've never done anything like that. Um, but then I was really lucky. You know, I had a monopoly to begin with. <laughs> there was nothing else on web design out there. Um, and so, no, I've never, I've never actively promoted, um, the podcast at all. It's just grown organically, uh, you know, and we do talk about this, um, in some of the workshops I run and, and I think the most valuable form of promotion that you can do is consistency and regularity. You know, um, so many, I see so many web design podcasts come and go where they start it up. Um, and they maybe do, you know, 20 episodes and then they're not getting the listenership that they wanted. And so they give up or other people that, you know, do do 20 episodes and then don't post another one for six months and then another one two months later and another one one month later and another one three months later. And 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 they don't they never give um, themselves time to build an audience. And I think, so the best promotion you can do is really just to keep going, keep going week in and week out, keep putting content out there regularly and on a schedule. And, uh, you know, if the content is good and if you keep at it, word will spread. I mean, it took me years to get beyond 600 listeners, Um, but I kept going anyway, Um, as much because I enjoyed it. You know, and I think that's a big part of it. You know, if you're just podcasting because you want commercial success, then I don't, you know, I think it's a different beast. I'm not saying that that can't work. 
Um, but it's, you know, then you want to get into sensible marketing strategies and all this kind of stuff. But if you're doing it as much because you enjoy it, because it's a way of ordering your thoughts and what it is you think on different issues, um, you know, if it's about self-expression as much as anything else, then then I think regularity and consistency and just keeping going is by far the most effective strategy. Yeah, I think that's that's and that's the hardest part too, obviously for for a lot of podcasters like you alluded to, and just because uh, it's a it's one of those things where it's a exciting venture. It's there's lots of fun gear and tech and audio waveforms and you know all the stuff that you hear about maybe on other shows, and then you start doing it yourself, and it's a lot of work actually talking. <laughs> It's it's fun, but like it is, there's a lot of work involved. And uh, something I wanted to ask you about is, and I, I'm not sure if it's still if this is a current thing or not. But I was looking on just on the about page for for the podcast, and uh, there's a variety of folks that you have involved now producing the show. Sure. And presumably that wasn't always the case. You probably had, like you said, you originally it was just you doing it, and maybe you had some help editing or whatever. But what? Uh, how, how have you sort of divvied up the workload in terms of producing a podcast to to ease some of that strain and how I guess to give folks ideas about um, what I'm interested in is sort of uh, there's a lot of solo podcasters like myself who sort of do this and maybe they'd have a friend who could do one aspect of it. Maybe it's not on mic role, but some a- other aspect of producing a podcast that they could do. And sort of how have you divvied up some of the, the roles involved in producing a podcast? To be honest, now we've kind of simplified things down much more than we used to. Oh, okay. Um so at it at its height, at its most complex, we had a producer um who was essentially somebody that lined up guests and and organized, you know, um recording times for those kinds of things and and sorted through news stories that were coming in and that kind of stuff. Um, we had somebody else um that found news stories for us to cover each week. Um, we had, um, another person that was, um, uh, would occasionally host a segment of the show, um, to give us when we went away and give us breaks and stuff like that. Um, uh, we had Marcus editing the show. We had me presenting it. Um, we also had a team of transcribers, people that would transcribe the show because one of the things that, um, at Headscape, we we heavily sell ourselves on is accessibility, um, and so it, it made a lot of sense for us to get the show transcribed. Also, it's great for from an SEO point of view as well. Um, you don't want all your content locked away in an audio file that can't be you know spidered by Google. Um, so that was where we were at. Oh, we had people doing book reviews and all kinds of stuff. Um, then we kind of moved to the season model and simplified everything down. Mm. Um, so, so now basically it's just me and Marcus, um, you know, Marcus does the editing. I do the prep. Um, we record the show straight through. We don't edit it much really. It's just kind of topping and tailing it and that kind of thing. Um, in terms of the kind of community contribution that the, the seasons now are very much driven by the community. Um, so the prep is actually quite, quite light. So when we did a season on apps and tools, it wasn't me going out and finding apps and tools. It was people writing in with suggestions. Um, equally when we did, you know, kind of really cool articles, people were suggesting those rather than me going out and looking for them. And then this season we're about to do with Q&A, basically people are sending in questions and we're answering them. So it's very, very lightweight now compared to what we used to do. Um, And I think that's the key to longevity, really, um, is keeping it as lightweight as possible and as easy to do as possible. Yeah, and that's um, definitely something I think podcasters have, I know, over my history and and others I've watched just kind of go go back and forth from highly produced to then relaxed and let's just <laughs> turn the mic on and record and, and publish and, and back and forth, which um, <clears throat> you're also doing, I know is something that you've, I think you've been doing for quite a while, but uh, is the sort of quick audio bites. And, and it's kind of like a, I would gather sort of like a mini, mini podcast or a audio blog post, I guess is sort of whichever yeah. angle you sort of spin it. But, uh, oh, and that's a really nice picture on boagworld.com right now. <laughs> Just, oh yes, you're getting the 
the very attractive fat man on yeah. the yeah. <laughs> with the measuring tape. This is this will actually be published in a couple of weeks, so maybe folks so by then won't, won't see have it. a clue. They yeah, won't be able to get to see that, unfortunately. <laughs> they're, they're really going to miss out. Yeah, so if I <clears throat> that's why I'm a little distracted right now. Um, the uh, but yeah, the what was I saying? Audio. You were um, talking about the audio, the yeah. short audio tips. <laughs> What's, I mean, uh, that, that came. That was quite interesting. That came about um, primarily because, uh, well, for a couple of reasons. One is that um, I discovered this tool on the iPhone. Like like a lot of things, I just start playing with stuff and suddenly get interested in it. And I, I discovered this tool on the iPhone called Audio Boot, um, which is designed. It's essentially Twitter for audio. You know, you 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 submit you know short little audio tips that um, or or posts or whatever um, that are then shared via Twitter, Facebook, and the rest of it. Um, so that was kind of where I started playing around with it. Then it kind of fulfilled a need that we got we got a fair chunk of people going. I love the show, but I don't have time to listen to it. Um, because I don't commute anymore. Cause that's the, that's the big one where people listen to the show is either when they're commuting or in the gym. Um, you know, so I used to have an hour's commute. I don't have any more. Um, I really miss hearing, you know, your little, your advice and stuff, but I just don't have time to listen to it. So, um, and we do have a lot of waffle in the show as well. And there was a big group of people that didn't like the waffle, just wanted the content. And that's fair enough. Um, so these audio tips felt like a way of, filling that gap, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just started recording these things. Um, and then I, and over time, I've now started integrating them more into the website. So a lot of the blog posts that I write for the website, um, I now also record as an audio tip as well. Not everyone, it's not appropriate with everyone, but a lot of them I just I record a little audio tip that goes with it. Um, so it's kind of bundled up. It's just a different way of people consuming the same content, but some people, you know, like to read and some people like to listen. And there are some situations where you can't, you know, read something, but you could listen to it. And so, you know, I provide that as an alternative source really. And it's no extra work particularly. It's just a matter of me recording those, those thoughts that I've written in a blog post anyway. Mm -hmm. So is it uh, something where you just basically read the post or is it more of a just this is the topic and there's the blog post version and then there's the audio freeform Paul's. Um, that's an interesting one. It used to be that they would just fairly freeform. Um, and then, um, I got some abuse, um, <laughs> from the disabled community oh, that, sorry. you know, I wasn't providing a transcript for these, these audio tips. Oh, gotcha. And, and essentially, to do so would have been prohibitive. If I, you know, I, well, I provide transcripts for the main podcast, and we we now get those. You know, we pay to get those done. But the little audio tips, the return on investment wouldn't have been worth it. Um, so that's when I started to really link them to blog posts much more. Um, and they are pretty much just me reading the blog post. I do tend to go off on little tangents every now and again. Um, and I inject a bit more humor and a bit more life than maybe would be in a blog post. But as I said right at the beginning, the the way that I write is very similar to the right way I speak anyway. So mm. essentially, essentially, it's me reading the post. And so there was um, from a technical or whatever the the organizational standpoint. <clears throat> excuse me, on your blog and and then the podcast. Do you have those short audio tips? That's a separate show that people subscribe to in iTunes from the yeah. main show. Right. Yeah, that's that's a completely different RSS feed that people can subscribe to if they wish to. Right. Um, so, uh, but also those posts because they're also um, blog posts, they appear in the main blog post RSS feed as well. Right. And you find is that a that's an interesting idea actually? I hadn't even thought of that for something that uh, people could do for their blog posts uh, that they're doing on their websites for business or whatever, personal blogs and stuff like that, just as a way of giving, like you said, auxiliary content and people consuming it in different ways. They might not read your post, but they'd happily listen to it while they're driving to work or whatever. Um, yeah. That's an interesting, just a, whether it's marketing or fun or I, I guess a, what I'm thinking is it's a neat way for someone to try out the world of podcasting without having to commit to doing a show because maybe you're already writing Absolutely. a blog, but you can just verbal... Uh, for lack of a better word, verbal diarrhea kind of <laughs> yeah, a version of your pod, of your blog post and uh, and get it out that way and 
I think it works really well, well as well because, you know, let's face it, people don't read blog posts thoroughly. They scan them because mm-hmm. they're busy and there's 20 other things they're doing. What, I, what I've seen users do um, with my stuff is they'll go in, they'll find, uh, find a blog post, they'll see the little player at the top, they'll go click, and then they're off looking at other stuff while listening to my full blog post. Um, so actually they're, they're giving it a lot more attention than perhaps they would have otherwise, where they would have just scanned the headings. They're actually hearing the whole thing because they're, they're listening to that while, you know, making a cup of tea or, um, you know, doing whatever else. Yeah. And that's, I just was thinking it brings up an interesting idea of, um, or dilemma maybe, and maybe it doesn't happen that often, but where somebody would listen to the audio version, maybe you say something a little bit more controversial or, or questionable let's say in the audio version that isn't in the blog post they leave a comment and it kind of creates a two different tracks almost so <laughs> yeah i never but, go i don't tend to go that far off script right <laughs> um you know the the kind of bits that i throw in to the the audio tends to be maybe i expand on a point a little bit or i add an example or that or make a joke or that kind of thing i don't tend to introduce entirely new points yeah um and something you brought up a couple of times that uh, I know I was going to ask you about is doing the, the uh, transcribing of the podcast. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if it's still that you use pods in print still, or is that a... I do use pods in print and I absolutely love them and cannot recommend them highly enough. Um, very, very efficient. So this is a proper transcription service. To begin with, we used to use volunteers and they did an okay job. And, I, you know, I would never complain because I wouldn't want to sit and, and you know, um, transcribe one of my episodes. I'd, I'd, I'd prefer to kill myself, I think. Um, but, you know, they did it and they did it for free. And I'm really grateful to that. But, you know, um, getting a proper transcription service has been such a good move for us, um, partly because they're so accurate um, you know, in, in what they provide to the point where, I mean, for example, we, um, referenced in the show a few shows back, a guy called Kenneth Bowles. Now what's interesting about Kenneth is that his first name, Kenneth is the Welsh version of the name that is spelt in a very, very unusual and unique way, um, as most Welsh words are. And, Whoever transcribed this for us, you know, the guys at Pods in Print, had actually gone and bothered to look up his name and find out how to spell it and had spelt it correctly. You know, and it's those kinds of details that are really quite important in a transcription because those are the kind of keywords that get picked up by Google and the rest of it. Um, and, you know, people get hacked off if you don't spell their name correctly as well, um, well which is understandable. Yeah. So so they do a great – and also they provide it in a really good format that makes it easier to mark up and put online. And, you know, it takes just so much of the effort out of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think it's – I think this is a service I'd use at 1.2. I've, I've tried it a couple of times just to sort of – test the waters of that and it's not all that expensive if i remember correctly like um i don't know if you know the rates offhand but it's no, not no. as bad as people might think i guess to to do uh in terms no. of your overall return on investment but also in terms of making it easy for someone who isn't able to hear read what you've talked about um and one thing i like that you guys do is it's not just uh because i've seen other podcasters where they they'll just copy and paste the transcript that they get from a service like pods and print and just paste it right into their the end of the blog post with the podcast and it's kind of just a stream of text and it's really hard to read you guys actually take your time or somebody does anyways takes time to go in mark up you know put your name beside the words that you're saying etc you put pictures in where appropriate um you know it's it's a legitimate part of your website not just an afterthought and yeah i mean that's improved over time um our initial transcripts were an afterthought and were a bit shit to be honest (laughs) um but we uh, I've actually it's not a lot of work um what we get back from pods and print is essentially a word document with my and it includes my name colon marcus's name colon then what we said so but also i asked them you know oh do you mind just marking up um where there's music because we insert music between each of the main sections right um, and they were like, yeah, sure, we can do that. So they, they, they put in that. And then essentially all I'm doing is doing a find and replace. So I do a find and replace on my name just to mark it up a little bit differently than the way they provide it to me. Um, I then do a find and replace on music. Um, so every occurrence of music I know is the beginning of a new section. So I put in a title there. Um, I find a graphic to go with it, shove a caption with that graphic just to break it up a little bit, make it a bit more interesting. Um, 
and so we did that and that that worked very well and people were very happy with that oh and then also the other thing that i do is is i um as i'm recording the show if i mention something like um say kenneth bowles that i mentioned earlier if i mention him um and i know i want to put a link in there i will actually say in the show i'll add a link into the show notes and so then uh, when i get the show notes back from the transcriber all i need to do is search on the word show notes and every occurrence of that, I know there needs to be a link with it. So I can add mm. the links in very simply. So what? So then you ended up with this kind of relatively nice transcript. Then people started to make suggestions because they were obviously using these transcripts rather than just being something I had to do because of an accessibility requirement. People were actually starting look, looking at them and they were saying things like, hey, it'd be great if you could do a jump to the appropriate place so I could jump to wherever it was in the podcast. So Mark has started making a note of where one section ended and beginning uh, began. So now we've got like this table of content at the beginning of the um, the show notes, which has a link that jumps you down to the appropriate section in the show notes, but also has a timestamp. So you could jump to that particular part in the audio to listen to a, a particular thing if you were interested today in a particular app or whatever. Um, then I added in a skip to comments bit because a lot of people said I have to scroll forever to get to the comments section. I just want to leave a comment. So we added that in. Um, and then finally, more recently, um, somebody said, hey, it'd be really good if you could group all of the links you mentioned together into the end of the post. So now we've got that in there as well. <laughs> but it's it's still not a lot of work to put together. It probably takes me, I would have thought, an hour from when I get the transcript um, to be able to publish it live on the web. And that includes, you know, doing everything from making it, you know, doing all the search engine optimization stuff to including the enclosure tag to, you know, doing, adding keywords, categories, URLs, titles, extracts, everything. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. That's what I was, um, that's funny you mentioned the, the how you mentioned that you say, you know, and I'll link it to it in the show notes because I kept thinking when I was listening to some episodes, I was like, he says that a lot. Like, does are they not just sitting there and, you know, writing it down as they go, why does he keep having to say that? Not that, like, not that it was that big of a deal, but, you know, as a podcaster, I'm listening to just some of the technique yeah. you're doing or whatever. And I was curious why you kept saying it because I like, isn't it obvious by this point it's going to be in the show notes? <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? And, uh, but it's, but I I'm mean, doing it for myself. Yeah, it's exactly. Laziness on my part. <laughs> well, no, it's, yeah. it's good. I think that's a neat technique. And I mean, it's also, I think it's a great way for people. It's something I always forget to do. It's a bit of, um, promoting the podcast. I think that where someone could have found this interview with you because they did a search on iTunes for Paul Boag, come across this random interview with him on show me your mic, but they have no clue where it actually came from in terms of the website and things. So, if you're listening to this, so I'll just throw this in right now, that <laughs> the the links to things we have talked about, um, I haven't started doing the transcribing thing, but I think I, I probably will, Is uh, but you can find it at sskTn.com. Look for Show Me Your Mic, and this will be episode 12. Paul's uh, smiling face will be there somewhere as well, so you can find him there. But, um, but yeah, that's an interesting idea. And uh, what I was going to mention, and I have to be careful here because I got in trouble, so, <laughs> little tongue-in-cheek got in trouble for mentioning this to some a previous guest but <laughs> the, uh, there's a uh, something that might go along with what you're doing there is uh something that maybe it's come across your radar already is um dave has done a, a actually guest one of this show on episode one dave uh sawyer no i'm drank blanking on his last name anyways he did a deep linking for podcast with html5 audio so oh, okay you can, so your time codes there you can uh link to right into the audio exact ah, audio uh that you need so um, that's good. yeah it's kind of a neat way it kind of skips people around i guess in in your case it might not be as appropriate but even looking at your notes like the the time code could be just a link right to the podcast time code and then yeah i mean i jump. think that's that's absolutely brilliant the other thing i use a lot is urls so i have quite a, a regimented url structure so you can go com forward slash season forward slash whatever the season number is so you can you know say hey show me you know everything in season five and i do quite nicely designed season home pages as well that kind of introduce the topics and it shows you mm -hmm. what shows are, are available but also what shows are upcoming and allows people to comment on the the season as a whole but you can then also go so you can go season forward slash five forward slash episode and then the episode number um to go to any particular episode 
But you could go even further than that, that each segment within the show also has its own jump points. You can go episode forward slash, whatever the episode number is, forward slash, hash, and then a specific point within the show's, you know, the show to jump to a specific part as well. So you can really do some quite, you know, which you think, well, who's going to do that? Who's going to use that kind of functionality? And admittedly, no one probably is in, in that regard, but it is bloody useful for sharing stuff on, on social networks. Mm-hmm. Somebody can come along and say, hey, Paul did this really great part in his, um, in his podcast about you know um, lean usability is what I'm looking at right now. And they can link to the specific part in the show notes that relates to that. Um, but adding in the ability to link to the specific part in the audio as well would be even better. So absolutely. I, yeah. I, I'd really appreciate you if you, if you would, um, send me a link to that or maybe put it in your show notes. <laughs> I will definitely do that. And, uh, it's Dave Rupert. Sorry if Dave happens Dave to Rupert. listen, I'll, uh, my apologies. I've, I have an email this morning from Dave Sawyer and that's why I'm <laughs> mixing right. up too many Daves, but, uh, Dave Rupert is the guy, um, developer at Paravel in, uh, out there in Austin. But, um, Anyways, I digress. That's yeah. It's a really neat technique. Um, I got. I was. Ju- I'm, I'm bugging. Um, making fun of my own interview that I did with Dan Benjamin, where he kind of went off on, uh, on the the back. The fact that Dave put a little moving background <laughs> on the on the GitHub oh, repository. Cool. So anyways, yeah, I've got it. It's time jump, isn't it? Exactly. It's, yeah. Yeah. I've just googled it and found it. See, that's brilliant. I mean, the only thing that would put me off of that, to be honest, um, would be. Oh, I see what you mean about the moving background. Ah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, is is that I'm really lazy and I use this great little audio player um, plugin for um, WordPress that kind of makes it easy for me to do, you know, add stuff. So it might not be worth the additional work. I mean, all the time you've got the trouble is people come back with suggestions all the time and mm-hmm. you kind of got to go, OK, is it worth me doing this? Yeah. You know, if I have if if my listeners had their way. You know, I would be doing really complicated, long interviews every week and that I would have to edit in massive detail. And, you know, I would be doing news stories that are up to the minute relevant, you know, and you think you at the end of the day, you've got to go, well, hang on a minute, guys, I'm giving this away for free. And, and it does take a lot of my time. So, you know, how far do we go with this? But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just something that uh, folks may be interested in. Um, and uh, uh, what was I going to say with that? Yeah. Anyways, an idea. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about quickly is the you had mentioned with one of the seasons you'd done, I think uh, season four maybe or three, where you bundled sort of an ebook along with the podcast, mm-hmm. a sort of a package, whatever. Was that something you sold, or was it a, just a free giveaway as well, just as part of the season? So, so essentially, what I did is it's a kind of bit of both of that. <laughs> um, the ebook itself was sold. Um, sometimes not really because we needed to make any money out of it, particularly because as I said, that's not what the podcast is about. It's, you know, it's a marketing tool, but, um, simply because if you attach a price to something, it adds value to it and it makes people take it more seriously and think that it's worth something. Um, uh, so we did sell it, but essentially what I did is I wrote the ebook and each ebook I planned Um, as having six chapters. I've done this a couple of times and may well do it again. So I had six chapters in that equated to six episodes, which was how long the season was. Um, But each chapter was, I don't know, four and a half, 5,000 words long. Um, While, um, and then what I did is I turned, I then took that four and a half, 5,000 words and condensed it down into about one and a half thousand and turned it into a blog post that I published for free and then the episode of the podcast was based on the blog post. Does that make sense? <laughs> I think I followed the. So, it's, yeah. have you ever re- read um, Rework by Thirty Seven Signals? I haven't, but I know it's your yeah. Yeah, so it's a great book, and the the premise of that book is reuse stuff. Why reinvent the wheel? And I'm a huge fan of this kind of approach, and mm-hmm. have been doing it for years. And that's what I do a lot. So. You know, I'll I'll write a blog post that will turn into a podcast. Well, actually, what often happens is I'll start off by ranting about something on Twitter that then turns into a short audio tip because 140 characters isn't enough of my rant. And then that turns into a blog post that turns into a podcast episode that turns into a presentation. And before you know it, I'm writing a book on the subject. So I'm a, you know, I, I'm a great believer in evolving and, and, uh, and uh, reusing content. 
Yeah, and what I like about what you guys do in particular, because that's a, I think a fairly, well, it's a common theme that not a lot of people are doing well, I guess. And there's a lot of people who do that in the sort of um, the sleazy side of the web, where they they're reusing content, but it's not really they're not doing anything different with it. They're not elaborating. Yeah. They're not building on it. It's kind of just here's this thing again, repackaging my blog posts, but not like what you described, like where you actually flesh it out further then and, and things like that. And that's what I love about what you guys have done, done with that, what you have done with that um, and uh, sort of building on an idea and letting it grow and, and sort of pack, building more onto it as, as it grows. Yeah. So, um, in, uh, I got to wrap up here, but in the last question I ask all the folks that I have on is uh, what podcast you listen to and then what apps do you listen to your podcast with? Um, <laughs> so I don't know if you have, do you need me to ramble for a bit before no, no, that that's up fine. You got? Okay, I, you'd think by episode 12 I would remember to pre-warn or warn people ahead of time <laughs> about this question, but it's always at the end of my show notes and I think, oh yeah, I forgot to tell Paul. <laughs> so anyway, I'm, I'm terrible. I don't listen to many podcasts. Um, <laughs> this is what I'm finding with podcasts, which is yeah. understandable, I guess, because like, we spend all our time recording. We don't have, we can't, it's not like writing a blog post where you can maybe have a podcast going in the background or something like that. It's, you, I can't. I, I tend to, I, 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 I prefer... I read a lot, I listen to a lot of audio books. So I'm mm. subscribed to audible.com um, and I use their, their iPhone app a lot to listen to, to various books. Um, and I find that very helpful and very useful. Um, that said, there are a couple of podcasts. I have, I'm subscribed to bloody hundreds of podcasts <laughs> that I hardly ever listen to. Yeah. Um, the ones that I do listen to, um, Mac Break Weekly, um, I listen to quite a lot. Um, the BBC Friday night comedy podcast. I listen to that quite a lot. Um, and the, the other one would be you look nice today, um, which is the, the podcast by, um, Merlin Mann. Um, so I tend to go, as you can tell from that list, with the exception of Mac break weekly, I tend to listen to comedy podcasts. Those are the ones that I enjoy the most. I, do occasionally look, listen to other web design podcasts and it has one of two, I get one of two reactions. Either I'm bored by them um, uh, because they're not very good, to be frank, um, or they're really good and then I feel crap about myself. <laughs> <laughs> so either way, it's a lose-lose scenario. Yeah. Either they're, they're really good and, and I hate them for being good and feel rubbish myself, or alternatively, they bore me, and in which case, I don't enjoy listening to them. Um, so I don't tend to listen to any other web design podcasts, but there are loads out there. There's some oh, really yeah. good ones as well. Yeah, unlike when you started Blog World, you there's you can't yeah, there's thousands of them obviously in podcasts. Yeah. So. <laughs> and yeah. like you said, every week a new one starts, and and ten episodes later, if they're lucky, they stop. And um, I think that's the the uh, underlying theme, I guess, in in this this interview, I guess, is that the consistency and, and that will win out in the end. And, um, obviously you need to have con good quality content, good thoughts, but the consistency and regularity of, of producing a show is what's going to win out in the end and build you listeners. And, yeah. um, that's, uh, that's definitely a, a, a good thing to aspire to and, and not, not an easy thing to, to do in the long run. So, um, before before I let you go, um, it's probably fairly obvious from folks, but where can folks find, follow, stock, <laughs> listen, et cetera, <laughs> online? For, for so everything you need to know is over at boagworld.com. So that's B-O-A-G world.com. Um, and that in, that's got everything from the podcast um, to the blog. I, I write now more than I podcast. And in fact, the, the blog is way more popular than the podcast is, ironically, hmm. considering where I started. Um, and that's also got links to, to my Twitter, um, which I am, um, deeply, deeply obsessive compulsive about, um, <laughs> and spend far too much time on Twitter and it's got the Facebook page and all the other bits and bobs you want. And, you know, if you desire to subscribe, then I would, yeah, would appreciate it. So check me out, see if there's anything useful there that may be applicable to you. I think the important thing to say with, with the, the podcast that I run is although it's a web design podcast, um, it's really accessible and can be listened to anybody that by anybody that's got an interest in, in running or designing websites. It's not a techie podcast by any means. Yeah. That's what I think appealed to me, especially, uh, back, 
I'm since now on my own working, like running my own business, but at the time I was working for someone else and it was kind of just a great way to get ideas and thoughts for down the road when, if and when I would run my own thing and, and, mm. uh, and not just, like you said, not just even techie of web, but just running a business too and, and marketing and, and all those kinds of things that you guys have touched on over the years and, and lots of, like, like we've said too, lots of episodes to go back and, and devour or listen to, <laughs> yeah. um, and, and learn lots about the web and yeah. All right, Paul. Well, thank you very much for Good to talk to you. coming thank on the you show. Thank you for having me on. And uh, be sure to visit, like I said, SSKTN.com for links and, and to all the stuff we've talked about. You can follow uh, SSKTN on Twitter at SSKTN and same digits on Facebook. And then I'm iChris on Twitter. Um, and uh, I really appreciate you listening, taking the time to subscribe if you have and uh, follow along. I would, in the future here, I've, I've had a few questions emailed sent through the contact form at sskTn.com slash contact and like Paul said for their upcoming season I wouldn't mind doing uh I'd be happy to do a, an upcoming sort of QA show on the general podcasting so if you have questions and things about stuff or maybe you want me to be asking questions that I'm not asking because I'm like Paul says thick sometimes about this stuff and <laughs> um, I'd love to hear them so sskTn.com slash contact or send me a note on Twitter. Uh, either way, I'm I'm happy to receive that, and uh, we'll sort of bundle them together, maybe for a future Q and A show with a guest, or just by myself rambling. So, at this time, thanks for listening. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Show Me Your Mic on the SSKTN Podcast Network. Follow along on Twitter at SSKTN or like us on Facebook.com/sSKTN. Be sure to visit SSKTN.com for interviews with other podcasters, as well as learn about other shows we produce, such as Welcome to the Internet, Too Lazy to Blog, and Lost in Lemon. Lemon.